This year, we launched a new Goop travel series called The Goop List. I wanted a way to share annually what I found to be the best of the best, from my favorite places to stay in Italy to a truly special spa in Costa Rica. If you are inspired to travel more this year, perhaps because you perused our recommendations on the Goop list, hosting on Airbnb is excellent for people who frequently travel. The beauty of hosting on Airbnb is that while you're away, someone else can get as much joy from your home as you do. Alongside frequent travelers, Airbnb is also great for those who have extra space or an in-law suite that isn't always being used. If you've stayed at an Airbnb before, you know the unique experience it offers. Now you can share that same experience with others while earning some extra income. To learn more about hosting on Airbnb, head to airbnb.com slash host. When you are pioneering anything or introducing new ideas to the culture, you get criticized. You do? Yeah. <laughs> Did you hear about that? <laughs> I didn't find the one. I found someone I respected and we made it the one. In a sort of longing kind of view of love, people understand each other as if by magic. Nothing in itself is addictive on one hand. On the other hand, everything could be addictive if there's an emptiness in that person that needs to be filled. I now know that nobody changes until they change their energy. And when you change your energy, you change your life. I'm Gwyneth Paltrow. This is the Goop Podcast, bringing together thought leaders, culture changers, creatives, founders and CEOs, scientists, doctors, healers and seekers, here to start conversations because simply asking questions and listening has the power to change the way we see the world. Here we go. My guest today is Cara Delevingne. Cara is a model, actress, entrepreneur, and activist, which is to say she's an incredibly passionate and curious person whose interests are as varied as her job titles. Cara joins me today to talk about her experience working in a high-pressure industry at such a young age and what it's like to be a recovering people pleaser. We talk about being a role model in the LGBTQ community and her hopes for anyone following in her footsteps. It was such a pleasure speaking with her, and I'm excited to share the conversation with all of you. I'm so amazed by how much you've been able to accomplish and coming from you. I just find that a very strange thing to say, but thank well, you. <laughs> you know what? Like, no, what I'll say is at your age, I had accomplished a lot sort of quantitatively, but you have started your, the force of changing culture so much earlier than I did. I was just trying to be good and nice and like do everything everybody said. And it's just so cool to see you embracing all of that life force and being empowered to, to try so many things and, and to be successful at so many things. And I think also because at my age, when I was your age, not to sound like a grandmother, but we Which weren't really, <laughs> not yet. We weren't allowed to be more than one thing. And yeah. you embody this, you're this incredible woman who's more than one thing. So talk to me about how you started your journey and but it's it's so funny because obviously I've followed your career ever since I can remember and to me you had already done so much at such a young age and it's just funny you saying that to me but also because I think in my mind I was always the person that kind of just was trying to be really nice and trying to kind of do the right thing or make 
prove myself to someone or make someone proud whether and it wasn't really necessarily myself because I was just trying to make someone happy or trying to prove people wrong or try and gain love from people that I don't really necessarily think that I needed to gain love from it all came from a place of maybe not quite a sad place I think almost in a way or or a place of feeling quite lost and confused and alone and trying to find a sense of belonging and I really think I found that in kind of discovery of myself through the jobs and through the different characters or putting the different roles on or the masks that I was kind of putting on I really discovered a lot about who I was or actually who I wasn't I suppose Mm. but really for me I am definitely quite I, I I put on so many different hats I like to I switch I have a lot of characters within me kind of different roles whether it's in gender or sexuality or different things that I enjoy to do and it really annoyed me about how through definition of gender or where you come from or what family you're brought up into or where you're from that you're put in a box or told to be a certain way or given all these rules and boundaries and I I hated that because I was like that isn't a shape that I fit into there isn't a box there are no limits to what kind of I feel like I can do or at least I don't want there to be limits I want to push myself and kind of teach everyone that the capacity that you have is limitless everyone has such a vast capacity and everyone has what they kind of need within them already and that there's so much fun and play to be had that kind of childlike thing of the imagination and how much that you really can explore and do as long as you can kind of just believe in that and enjoy it and have fun which is why I kind of feel extremely lucky and grateful to have had all these opportunities all the things that I do it is also very much based in kind of childlike creativity creation imagination because still I'm just such a kid at heart there was school and stuff I wasn't I didn't fit into that box of being academic. And I always thought I was stupid and dumb and couldn't do well because I was judged on grades and things like that. And it really came to a point where I was like, God, that's got nothing to do with how smart you are or what you can give to the world. It's just one set of metrics that all the grownups seem to have agreed upon. I see that now with kids and friends and and the incredible sense of almost disembodiment that it gives these kids that they have one experience of who they are in their own brain and then a completely different experience in trying to fit into this academic world. And I do think, although I do think there really are have been great strides made, their society still is telling kids you, this Still, is, I, yeah. this is really how you want to be right. Like, yeah. You, it, yeah, this is all well and good, but this is kind of the box we all want to see you fit into. Yeah. And that's why it's so beautiful. You're such a great role model for my daughter. Thank how you. did you go from being a pleaser to being more of an iconoclast and getting that bravery? I am still a pleaser though. I'm still learning and growing so much when it comes to just saying yes to people and everything or trying to please people. I think there's also a point where it comes where like I will, even if I'm doing like a movie role, let's say, or something where I will push myself so far and can kind of don't really see the, like also because with it coming, with being a kind of like artist, let's say, there also comes a point where it's like, oh, it wasn't good enough unless it hurt, like unless I really got, like unless there was pain involved, unless there was like something, especially with stuff like that with stunts. Like 
I'm a bit of an extremist when it comes to that. So I am still like that. But also it became a point where instead of pleasing people, I just was deeply unhappy. Mm. I was so unhappy and I wasn't following my truth. I wasn't, especially when it came in, t- in terms of being like a model, let's say, that whole thing of just being, having to fit into the box of that feminine very like you know for me I'm quite I'm an androgynous person definitely when it but like I love being a a woman and dressing up and doing all of that but I also love just like being a bit of a rough and tumble quote-unquote like but when I say gender like a man you know what I mean I like there's so many different parts of that and so many things I was able to discover within that and Mm. it's constantly changing like I always I feel so much more comfortable in the fluidity of what it is to be just a human and also what it is to be an animal almost because that's what we are to really trust in your own instincts and the more I began to believe that I knew like again when you talk about like fraud syndrome everyone has that but the more I began to believe that my own instincts were right that actually you can kind of take a step back from certain situations and really follow your heart follow your gut the more I kind of was able to have faith in those decisions I was making but again I don't know what I'm doing (laughs) no one does most of the time nobody knows it seems as though and correct me if I'm wrong but it seems as though modeling was kind of how you got that original platform springboard to go off and and so how did that how did that how did it start who found you? Were you like walking down the street when you were 14? I always also find that whole thing about funny where anyone goes like, who discovered you? Who found you? And it's like, wait, but didn't I find myself? Well, obviously I'm going to be really thankful for everyone who gave me this opportunity to pay homage to those people who definitely kind of were able to give me the platform to start my career. But also I think with being young and, and something that I always tried to highlight and not to kind of shit where you eat, don't bite the hand that feeds you but I also wanted to highlight the world that is also modeling and the fashion industry and how especially when you're young with agents and people who can very much take advantage of of people especially with any industry but with fashion it's kind of fueled by insecurity it wasn't a great job for me beginning wise for my mental health I think Mm -hmm because already at that point growing up when I was younger I had a lot of kind of mental health whether it was depression and I was on meds it's stuff when I was at school but that was all to do with kind of being very hard on myself about not being clever quote-unquote clever being good with grades and stuff like that so kind of going into modeling it was just another place where I was never going to be good enough it was kind of all of those things of never kind of feeling like I was good enough and in that point in my life I wasn't in any way ever going to be successful as a model because I didn't think I was one or looked like one at all but again it was kind of that thing where it was a challenge and for me challenges are really great any thing that I'm scared of whether it's heights or there are so many things I used to be scared of but I conquer all of those fears just because you can and it's telling yourself you can't I think can't is one of the worst words in the world because as soon as you keep saying I can't do something you just limit yourself straight away. So that kind of started. And I think Burberry was the first job I did, but I worked, I worked for a long time before I really made any money or did anything, but I just kind of kept at it because also I was so lucky to be able to do modeling at all, to be signed to an agency. It was both of those things, but it really was the biggest surprise in the world. But I really thank Christopher Bailey because he was one of the first people that 
was like, I don't want to, I don't want to look at the, your pictures or what you've done before. I want to know what you like doing. And I was like, well, I'm a model. But then he was like, no, but what do you actually like doing? And I was like, what? You care about what I like to do? Yeah, what? Well, I really want to act. I really like, like, I really enjoy playing music. I play the guitar on the job. He was kind of, he went past the point of just what people look like. And, and it was the first time that campaign that I did first, it was with a great friend of mine called Jordan Dunn. And it was the first time that they'd ever used an African-American model before. And it was really crazy because at that whole point, that was like a long that was it didn't seem that long ago but it was he was kind of changing the way that that kind of industry was moving and I really thank him for that especially because in his last season was always it was all about the LGBTQ community I I really think he did a lot so I really he was one of my big heroes at that time. I want to ask you you said you just talked about being kind of that challenges being sort of Mag- <clears throat> you being magnetically drawn to challenges and to do mm-hmm. like to conquering things that are really hard. And I'm just asking because I have a similar thing and I'm wondering, mm. do you think that that's just intrinsic to who you are? Or do you think that comes from some kind of injury in your childhood? <laughs> yes, <laughs> I would say. Yeah, because I think because part of life for me is the extremes of it the kind of the highs the lows the the fear every feeling every emotion is very like that's what I feel like living is almost but I definitely feel like it probably came from something my childhood whether it was trying to when I say survive that's the wrong thing but to cope to wanting to look after people wanting to but also not really knowing how to look after myself either because I'm still learning how to do that, I suppose. You know, I'm way better at kind of caring for others than actually knowing if I'm okay ever. It definitely is very much in the nature of who I am, though, wanting to prove myself wrong and, again, try and change the narrative and learning that the stories that we tell ourselves make you sick, the kind of stories of, oh, well, this is, well, because this happened, you kind of get, I think Oprah said it, you get addicted to the, to your own story, which is kind of wrong because the story and the things that happen in the past can really change what you can do in the future in a bad way. Because if you get too stuck in those things in the past, then you think too much in the imagination about the future instead of living in the present and just being like, well, all of those things can change and I have the power to change all of those things. Do you have certain tools or practices that you that you use to kind of let go of the past and to be in the present so obviously I've just I started doing this kind of partnering with you guys and and Puma doing these kind of five-day programs the first one I just did was with my teacher my yoga teacher Colin Dunsmere who is who is English he's well he's from he's in London but I started doing that when I was 18 I've known him for 10 years and that was just at a point where I was so numb to my own feeling and emotion and I was just kind of running. I live kind of at a a hundred million miles per hour. That's who I am. My nature is very like fast and run and like people would say it's like ADHD, but I'm very much like can be thinking a million different things at once. But yoga really taught me the power of feeling because I'm a very sensitive person and I found that very hard to accept because to me, sensitivity was the worst thing in the world. I hated feeling so much and I hated feeling so deeply but that is a gift and it's it's a gift and it's also a curse but it's also something which has given me so much of the 
the strength and, and makes me who I am, but really learning that emotions and the depth of those emotions are so beautiful to be able to accept those, to really embrace those. I never ever accepted or expressed that I was angry or expressed that I was hurt. I couldn't, I found it so hard to kind of learn how to express emotion. And it really taught me that. It really taught me to sit in it and to face it instead of kind of running away from those things or destroying myself because of them. You know, being able to externalize and be open about emotion instead of just internalizing all of them, because that brought me so much sickness. But as long as you can kind of express all those emotions and everyone to be able to whatever it is, whether it's exercise or for me, yoga, being able to take time for yourself in you know the morning and the evening and it's not yoga in the sense of the kind of exercise side of it where you can really push yourself it's just connecting with your breath mm. and being able to slow down I can't wait to do well. this I know I'm so excited <laughs> but that's really what it is yoga can be really incredible in this so many different but I'm I always said I'm not I'm not good at yoga I'm not very flexible <laughs> my body doesn't move in ways that like I would like it to but it's more just the simple movements of just connecting to your breath and just little movements in your body and how much you can really change. Within. I mean, all, all the power is in breath, right? Oh, it really is. Cause you don't realize how much you don't think about it. And you're like, why am I having an anxiety attack? This is so weird. And then you suddenly realize you're like shallow breathing beyond and you're literally about to be sick. And you're like, Oh, if I just breathe deeply, it helps so much. Cause I remember when I discovered that I'd be backstage at a fashion show in the middle of all these people running around and I'd be sitting there in my kind of with my shoulders up by my ears because I was so stressed out but trying to do yoga in the middle of a fashion week behind this behind backstage but how much you can actually if you take 10 minutes you can shut out all of this stuff around you I mean I wouldn't have really been able to survive in it that long if I hadn't found yoga really let's take a quick break to talk about one of our partners This year, we launched a new Goop travel series called The Goop List. I wanted a way to share annually what I found to be the best of the best, from my favorite places to stay in Italy to a truly special spa in Costa Rica. If you are inspired to travel more this year, perhaps because you perused our recommendations on The Goop List, hosting on Airbnb is excellent for people who frequently travel. The beauty of hosting on Airbnb is that while you're away, someone else can get as much joy from your home as you do. Alongside frequent travelers, Airbnb is also great for those who have extra space or an in-law suite that isn't always being used. If you've stayed at an Airbnb before, you know the unique experience it offers. Now you can share that same experience with others while earning some extra income. To learn more about hosting on Airbnb, head to airbnb.com slash host. Okay, let's get back to the conversation. You worked on a, like a yoga exercise clothing line with Puma, right? Or you say Puma. I do. Puma. I, I don't know what I say. I say, it's like- In I England, say, I feel like they say Puma. I say, I say Puma. I say Puma. Okay, But good. it's also like I say my name differently depending on each country that I'm <laughs> in. So I don't really know. We've done this incredible line. I've been working with Puma for a really long time, but yoga's always been a real 
passion of mine and what I'm really excited about is kind of going towards with with everything I do now but going towards more like a sustainability angle really trying to go with the more eco-friendly materials and really kind of change these big these kind of conglomerate let's say but like big brand things to kind of go towards more of an eco-friendly direction because that's where the world needs to go young consumer wants as well for sure and what everyone should want and strive for because it also just consciously when you kind of educate yourself which I think is the most important thing I think for me I was very ignorant in what I kind of thought about the environment because again living in ignorance in this world is kind of it's not it's seems like it's bliss but it's not because you're just you just don't know what the kind of effect is you can kind of feel it if you're every day day to day you feel the weight of what's going on in the world but you don't know and so until you really find out and I really thank my my best friend Christabel who I started eco resolution with which is this incredible platform where you kind of make a resolution to not be perfect because no one can be and it's also okay to be a hypocrite because everyone is in a way but also to try and every day choose to make a better decision when it comes to whether it's what you wear eating meat recycling anything and also just to educate yourself and other people now we just turn that into a charity which is really incredible called earth initiative earth where we're going to be doing courses for people free courses online where people can learn how to kind of do more grassroots things in their communities. It's going to be really exciting. Oh, that's fantastic. Yeah. How do you go about getting a big corporation to di- diverge from their supply chain and encourage them to use sustainable fabrics and practices, et cetera? Well, it's it's quite hard, but I think that kind of started more in beginning to choose who I worked with because there was a lot of things that I'd done previously which were fast fashion which I can't take back now and obviously I do regret but learning the jobs that I did to kind of take a better direction and what the jobs were and then the companies that I do really care about and who do believe in the same things as me in terms of wanting to be better I think that's how it starts is wanting to make those decisions and then really kind of having conversations because when I became when I started kind of having a longer relationship with Puma and getting involved more behind the creativity aspect and getting more, because obviously now I'm doing a lot in terms of the different design processes and learning where all the things come from and where the factories are and how we can make it better. And then the packaging, it's just, it's beginning to have those conversations and then kind of straight away them wanting me to do a, a yoga line. I was like, okay, well, if we're doing something to do with yoga, it has to be sustainable. Like we have to work on the sustainability. We have to work on the materials and where it comes from and who's making them and the, the, the dyes. There's so much to do, whether it's not just the materials, but also the dyes that are involved, whether they can be clean dyes, if they're created in a better way, you know, and who's creating them and where they're coming from. It's just, it's a huge, huge, it's a huge undertaking, but something that I think it's, it's, this is just the beginning, which I think is the best part. You can only just start trying and then trying is the, first thing but then when you really take it into action that's when it all starts to get exciting and 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 for anybody who's listening we'll be able to see all all of them because you're I hope you're going to wear them all while you take us through this five-part kind of reset what are you going to teach us yoga so I'm doing the far I'm I'm only doing the first one I'm kicking it off with Colin and then we have an incredible Puma trainer called Amanda Robinson's who's going to be doing more like the hit and the bar in in the clothes as well but more of the exercise but in the first one I will be wearing oh as I am wearing now under my 
under my robe, but I'm wearing part of the collection. And this is also the one that I'm wearing now. It's all the materials are all the dye is all it's it's all sustainability friend. Well, sustainable and yeah, just definitely more eco-conscious. I want to ask you about so because you seem to have this incredible passion for acting and embodying other roles and other characters, and mm. you've been in some amazing things like Paper Towns and Suicide Squad. Mm-hmm. And have do you feel like you, like, is there a lot more that you want to be able to express through that? And what kind of roles are you looking to do? For me, it's acting is a really hard, I love it so much, but as well, like I always wanted to go to drama school and be able to really learn the kind of craft behind it. I always loved acting even when I was a kid, but unfortunately, because I wasn't great at school, I couldn't go to drama school, which was sad, but I was able to do these kind of courses. But the problem is, is because I, I am a very sensitive person and I also had quite an issue with identity and who I was. And I found it very easy to get way too wrapped up in roles mm. to my detriment. You went all Daniel Day-Lewis on I us. don't. Yeah, but I'm not a mess an actor for sure but like I stick in the accent and then I get so I fall so deeply in love with everyone who I'm with acting wise but then not like who I'm with but who I'm acting with in terms of the whole cast and then the crew and then I get so I love the person that I'm playing so much even if it's someone bad but I fall so I find such an attachment to that and then by the end everyone leaves and then it's like my abandonment issues come and then I have no (laughs) idea who I am and then I'm like oh my god it's like a whole midlife it's like a crisis every time I finish a role it's really it's kind of crazy but I'm getting better at it as time is going by I'm definitely being able to separate myself a lot from it but it's one of my it's one of my favorite things in the world but now as well kind of I never really worked with women that much I always kind of worked with these male directors who were great who are incredible and kind of always playing quite a a kind of heteronormative storyline it it, I want to just change that and this is the I'm doing a short coming up really soon well it's not a short but it's all working with female directors and female writers and it's look I, I think it's important but it's also just something I've never done before and I think in terms of my career is also just something I really want to be highlighting more and not doing kind of I love doing the action movies and all of that kind of stuff but to be able to kind of do more of the really intense smaller projects that kind of mean more to me as a person I think Mm -hmm. which is really exciting and also just because I love you know I've just started directing stuff just small things like music videos but just and because I always I used to write a lot as well but kind of getting more into terms like doing more when it comes to getting behind the camera and learning producing wow. things. And where does music fit in? Because you're really talented. Is it true that you were on Fiona Apple's last album? Yeah, in the most recent one. It was really, oh, I love what her so did? much. Oh my God, she's so amazing. Oh my God, she's the best. She is and always has been one of my favorite female or just male, either way, artists ever. Her raw not just talent but emotion and the way she expresses it like I could cry just talking about it it's one of the most incredible things I've known her for a while and I've seen her work I've been able to be there when she's working and also I personally I find music very very personal and also very hard to do because it's acting at least I can hide behind like if someone doesn't like a role I do like well like it's not me so it's fine you don't it doesn't mean you hate me 
because music if someone doesn't like my music then it's like oh, they hate me and I have a oh, real problem so vulnerable. I hate it when people don't like me so it's an issue <laughs> so I find that hard like I, I there isn't a lot of space for music because I'm kind of so busy but I'll always do it I always write I always play I feel like it's something I'm going to be able to do later in life because mm. I'm still very hard on myself and still think care, and care too much about what other people think probably still. I mean, it's it's incredibly vulnerable to yeah even even just singing even if it's not your own oh. song I mean I remember yeah. I was once I had to take a bunch of singing lessons or I wanted to because I was doing this movie Amazing. about country yeah 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 and and doing this tv show glee kind of at the same time uh-huh. and I had this amazing singing teacher in London and named Carrie and she I I could I the for probably the first three or four lessons when I would really start to sing I just would cry and it was so embarrassing and I just thought oh my gosh I can't there's like nothing I I don't know if it's putting emotion behind the words or the vibration or the sound that you're making or what it is and I thought this is this is so hard. I mean, I had had to be, as you say, vulnerable as characters oh, before, yes. but not, I found it so pain, excruciatingly vulnerable. I, I used to do a lot uh, at school, even when I was quote unquote doing someone else's song in music. It was almost impossible not to connect to it so mm. deeply because it is coming from a place inside where you can't really hide in music. You can't. It kind of all comes out, no matter if you're doing another accent, doing a, a voice in, in the song, it's still very impossible to kind of hold back almost. Like I would used to sit on the piano. I, I, I'm not trained in piano. Like I, I used to play guitar and drums first, but I started really learning more about writing music and writing more music, just the incredible things about just playing any instrument even if you aren't necessarily good at it but I would just sit on the piano and play one note and just over and over again and just start to it's almost like you have some sort of exorcism Mm. and I would start singing and crying and then it's like oh and then you just stop and you're like what the hell just happened there it's almost like something completely takes over and you just let go of so much but that's artists that you were listening to when you were a kid oh my gosh who were the artists? I mean, the first concert I ever went and saw was the Spice Girls. I just thought they were so incredible. They are. They, they are. are incredible. They are still the Spice incredible. Girls. But how much they meant, and I think how much, especially with female artists, how hard it was for a long time for, for female artists to work together. And I think for me, the Spice Girls represented so much of obviously quote unquote girl power, but like women having fun working together it's lifting each other up inspiring each other being together the messages behind the songs but you know I didn't really grow up my parents weren't super musically inclined in terms of old music so for me pop music was a big thing and I also found like especially with kind of rap music like Eminem or like Notorious B.I.G people that wrote kind of rap but that really meant so much about what they were doing and the emotion and and the pain behind it was so incredible to me and then I really started learning a lot more about old music and all these incredible female artists like I don't know PJ Harvey and Bjork like Erica Badu or Fiona Apple Lauren Hill Alanis Morissette like all these really incredible female artists where there was just so much oh that kind of like Janis Joplin you watch all these documentaries and especially in that time 
where the musicians were just so free whether that was the drugs or the moment of the time they were in but how much they just let themselves go on stage all of those women what they have in common is incredible like permission they gave themselves to just be so visceral and oh so so visceral they're in out exactly and that's on that's also something you can really kind of take on for yourself as well because everything now is just it seems so much more not contrived but that everything there's so much control now everyone has such a thing or a problem with the control how much everything needs to be predetermined or set up or needs to be kind of just being able to just lose control now is almost a way that lose control in a good way but you know what I mean it's a really good point actually it's almost like the, the music today is the style of it is so produced and it's so it's produced and so produced and what that does about. is sort of contain and polish and contain and polish and totally yeah so you don't have I wonder too if that type of woman like if you're wrestling with identity or sexuality and you're yeah. you're seeing these women who are just like so fully embodying their essence it must be a relief total relief I think as well there are some people that I also think there are a lot of people now who like musicians you know like you look at someone like Billie Eilish and I always thought someone like Rihanna was really incredible because no matter if the kind of when you listen to the recorded music whether it was quite contained but when you see these people live or like Adele let's say it's like how they can just do the song but then be very much themselves in between you know you go to listen to Adele's concert and she'll just go oh sorry I fucked that up let me start again oh duh like and just talk and she's so herself (laughs) and again that seems like and especially when you look at the music like hers it's so emotional and so and it's kind of being able to kind of have that at the same time is also because now you look at anyone they have so many people in their team and so many people that are involved in making these people who they are where it's that sometimes you just need to let those people be who they are because artists Mm. need that space to kind of do whatever it is instead of kind of always having to you know it's just so much pressure now it's a lot on anyone when you're in the public eye it's yeah it's a whole other even if you're on the public eye, but even if you're not too, it's just. Well, that's what I was just going to say, you know, and <laughs> my children, you know, I think social media has sort of done this to everybody. Where, Everyone. Where, yeah. Where, and back in my day, there was. There, it's still your day, babe. It's still well, your day. <laughs> to be determined. Um, <laughs> but, you know, the, with when there wasn't social media, suffice it to say, I think social media has kind of put everybody in a position of being vulnerable to attack and criticism and and the kind of meanness that really only celebrities used to get in that way or like public figures and now the internet has opened that kind of that up to everybody it's it's uh, it's a little bit it's a little bit scary I I, I always wonder how scary. what is the long-term impact of this on our psyche I mean that's kind of the scariest part isn't it is that when you say even being in the public eye, but it's like, doesn't everyone kind of feel like they're in the public eye now more in that way? Because everyone, you feel that people are watching all the time. I mean, that's kind of what I thought about, like especially becoming famous or whatever, or having people watch you is I was like, wait, this is real life paranoia. 
you're having putting yourself out to be <laughs> constantly like people are looking for you trying to find you watch you talk about you and you're like wait that's literally sounds like the epitome of driving yourself insane but now that's the way it is with everyone any kid that has a phone and has a, some sort of presence on social media it's like well then isn't that kind of the same thing because I don't know how long I've now had Instagram a long long time it kind of you go into the extreme of it, but then you also kind of just start rejecting it a little bit in a way. And I wonder, how does it get worse? Like when I say worse, how does it, is it going to get more? I don't understand. Or is it going to go back? I don't think we all, not any of us know, we're kind of in this nascent phase of this whole new fangled world. One of the things that I really want to ask you about. So at Goop, we're very into... I'm such a big fan. I love Goop so much. I really, I just love it so much. And the articles and everything, it's just, I'm just, yeah, I love you. (laughs) I think you're amazing. Thank you. So then you'll know that we're big proponents of completely fulfilled female sexuality. Like we talk about, we talk about it a lot. We we got in trouble (laughs) for it when we first started talking about it. Orgasm equality and vibrators and fantasies and everything. But I do think you kind of, you let, you pave the way for that. And and the fact, I mean, I, did you ever think that you were going to get in trouble for stuff like that? Or because maybe you were like the kind of pioneers in a way of talking about that kind of stuff? There was no pattern recognition in the beginning of what we would get shit for and what we couldn't like sometimes it would be something that we didn't even write about or didn't even say and sometimes it would be something right. that seemed so innocuous and some sometimes we'd be like wow this is really we're dropping a bomb here and no one even you know noticed so no, right. in terms of i was i was really fascinated by how much pushback we got around talking about female sexuality and okay. how people went after us for it in the beginning. But I, I started to realize very quickly, like, this is just what we do. We're whacking through the brush and we're going to get scraped up yeah. and, and that's okay. And it's, it's cause it's so important. And I think without a fulfilling <clears throat> sexual existence, like women are, we're sexual beings and we're also intellectuals or entrepreneurs or whatever. Like we, we, we are always we are all sexual beings, men and women. Multifaceted. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Totally. So I thought it was a really important thing to talk about because I think it affects mood and health and, and all kinds of things. So when I saw you were doing, tell me about Laura DiCarlo, because when I saw that you were doing that, I thought it was very yeah. intriguing. Yeah. I mean, well, I've always been a bit of, so Laura DiCarlo, it's so I've just now partnered with them or co-founded. Nicolo is a female-led kind of sex tech company, basically, which there were kind of, I always was very interested in this market. And as anyone can kind of attest to growing up in kind of a repressed, or English people, I think, I think anyone, in terms of like sex education and talking about love or sex or any of those things, it just doesn't happen. You don't learn about it. And looking back on my sex education, it's ridiculous it's so bad how badly education was at that time and kind of maybe still is because it's so much deeper than just the anatomy the science behind it because there is so much to do with the emotional and also the self-discovery of what sex is to yourself to the wellness of it to your own body and I think the stigma behind pleasure pleasuring yourself or loving yourself and I think women are also taught to be very there's so much shame behind having a vagina right and also being scared about what that is there's just so much behind it which is kind of 
generational it's like within terms of like generational trauma especially to the, like in terms of culture and it was just really important for me to kind of take away the stigma of not just sex toys or pleasure but just talking about the the communication behind it women talking about those sort of things especially when you start talking about assault or anything I think especially when kind of like Harvey Weinstein and all that stuff started happening I remember talking to a close group of friends of mine and realizing how much that had happened to everyone there every single person and obviously with sex that becomes the, the the joy and the wonderful thing behind it and pleasuring yourself but then also there's a lot to do in in terms of the other way there's just a lot of work to be done and just to be able to when it's not just about sex with your partner or whether that's a man or a woman or whoever or however you identify but it's to be in a relationship and to have sex with yourself that's the most important thing to be able to just enjoy yourself to be attracted to yourself what about you turns you on to yourself not what you have to do for anyone else, what, whatever that means. And it really started, I, I became friends with someone. Do you know, do you know who Esther Perel is? Yeah, of course. She's okay, a good so friend I, of ours at Goop. Yeah, right. So I, she's a friend of mine as well. And I really learning about her story and how, and obviously hers is more to do with kind of relationships and stuff like that. But we would have these long, long in-depth chats about kind of relationships but also also kind of always went back to the relationship with yourself she's one of the most incredible women but it really started on a journey that obviously with Laura DiCarlo was a really incredible one she's incredible but also taking away the thing of it being a sex toy and really making it sex tech and really having enjoying all these things and products because especially when I started doing that I started having conversations about sex and experiences and things with guys especially as well talking about men and their relationship with sex and and the reason why they did certain things was because they got hurt at a certain point and there were so many interesting now I get to have all these incredible conversations because everyone's just so much more open to it and talking about it I don't know the last time I came from a meeting with Laura DiCarlo I came back and I had a small dinner with people who I were living in my house and we were all boys and girls and we were all just talking openly about sex for hours and it never happened and all the guys are sitting there going we never talk about this stuff it's so crazy and it got quite emotional as well because it is it's not just a physical it's so much deeper than that but I'm so happy to be working with Laura. So I mean do you given your openness about your life and do you, and then seeing how many young people look up to you and affiliate with you, like, do, does it make you feel like you have a responsibility to open doors for the next generations? Like, how do you, how do you perceive that your, your role? I think about them in terms of, I do feel a responsibility, but more that I feel a responsibility to try and when you talk about being authentic it's quite a hard thing especially now in this day and age because to be authentic is almost impossible in a way to be truly authentic especially in this job I feel like it's my responsibility to work on myself and to be better for myself to be able to help others mm -hmm. before I was trying to help people but actually I was destroying myself in the process if that makes sense and I did always feel the responsibility when I was younger to kind of see the way that the world was and to somehow leave it better in some way shape or form 
And for me, especially in terms of the LGBTQ community and being a queer person, which also when I say queer, I always kind of, if I have to label it, it always changes in terms of my sexuality. So it's always constantly changing, which is always quite fun or quite stressful. I can't really decide. But I do definitely feel to be as genuine and to be as open and to be as vulnerable as possible, but to also the only reason why I've been able to do what I've done is because people have paved the way for me. So to also be appreciative and talk about people that have inspired me to get to where I am and be able to kind of step out with the person that I love and be very open. Who are love those people that you feel like have paved, helped pave the way? That's quite difficult because for me specifically growing up, I didn't know. I kind of grew up and I wouldn't say homophobic. I would say more like quite an old-fashioned household let's say in terms of not I I didn't know anyone who was gay or who I I didn't know that was a thing and and actually I think growing up I was quite not 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 noticeably or I wasn't knowledgeable of the fact that I was probably quite homophobic but I the idea of being same sex anything I was disgusted by that in myself I was like oh my god oh, oh I would never that's disgusting oh that's so gay and so learning and growing up and realizing that maybe I had a best friend when I was a kid who actually I liked more than they liked me but not realizing that that's what that was but then the shame and the self-hatred and I do kind of correlate the kind of massive depression and the suicidal kind of moments of my life because I was so ashamed of ever being that but actually that was the part of me that I love so much and accept and, and, and still getting to getting to terms with, if that makes sense. Cause that is still a part of me where I'm like, Oh, I really, Oh, I wish I could just be straight. That is still that side to it. It's really complicated, but I do think that when I was younger, before I kind of knew any of these kind of big gay icons or people in my life, even who are gay, I really attest the people that paved the way for me with the, the people that I fell in love with, those people, those relationships that I had, and also the people that I, the relationships or quote unquote experiences, whether they were sexual or not, they were also with people who weren't necessarily openly gay either. It was kind of a, more of like a self-discovery and just being like, oh, it's not because you're a woman. It's just because I love you or like, it's just, it was more simple than that behind mm. the label. I think it's, incredibly inspiring because although it's hard to see what you're doing when you're doing it brought this incredible acceptance around it to you know my kids are completely they're not being raised with any of that and they seek also you know within internally within the household but then they also see culturally externally that anything they want to be is okay and acceptable and you're you're a big part of that so last question because we're going to run out of time (laughs) <laughs> you have a long, productive, amazing life ahead of you, and I can't wait to see what you do with it. But if I if I ask you, what is the thing that you've accomplished? It could be tiny, it could be professional, personal, you know, interpersonal, professional that you have accomplished that you're most proud of. Why do I want to cry when you say that? I find that so hard. Um, it's still, I think, especially after this year and how much it's how much the world has just gone through so much and really having to take a step back and slow down and realizing what's important and realizing that that work because to me I've everyone's had a really hard year I've had a really difficult year but without work 
what it is who am I if I like because for me in the beginning it was like oh my god without work what I'm nothing I'm worthless I have nothing I don't know what to do without that and it's not just the work taking away the work and it was the kind of remembering what it is that I love to do and I think to be able to have had this platform and this voice and to have helped uh, to have helped people like uh, specifically like there are fans that I have that I can have very close relationships with and talk to but just to be able to have these kind of relationships and people from around the world cross cultures cross ages but girls and boys where I've been able to kind of help people in a way or give people a sense that oh my god if you can get through that if you can do that if you can stand up to those people and be who you are then I have a chance too and I get constantly people especially now being like I've come out to my parents and they've kicked me out my house and I don't know what to do you know and it's it's quite a big undertaking but also all I'm trying to do is be a kind of look if if I can do it you can you can do it if as long as you if I can find happiness then you can as well and obviously I I think that's probably been my my most proud moment is being able to stand up and just be like this is who I am if you you like it take it or leave it but I I'm I'm happy in myself because I wasn't for such a long time well Um, you are such an incredibly beautiful person and you're not so bad looking, but you're very beautiful <laughs> on the side. And I thank you I so, knew what you so much for being here with me today. This was wonderful. Thank you so much for listening to my conversation with Cara Delevingne. Be sure to check out the five-day workout series we're doing with Cara. It is live on March 22nd. And if you'd like to see some of the pieces in Cara's new collection with Puma, head to our shop at goop.com. That's a wrap on today's episode. If you have a second, please rate, review, and hit subscribe if you haven't already. Don't forget to share the Goop podcast with a friend. And in the meantime, for more, you can check out goop.com slash the podcast. <laughs>